praises rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. We long for you, cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away, Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, you're worthy of all our praises, Hosanna. Hosanna, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hear the sound of hearts returning to you. Turn to you in your kingdom, in your kingdom. Broken lives are made new. You make us new. Cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, in your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, you're worthy of all our praises. Lord Jesus, come have your way, so come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus, sing that one more time, so come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, how many of you here have ever been to summer camp before? Many of you? Okay, most of you, hopefully. Well, we're going to do something fun this morning. Not that worshiping adult songs isn't fun, but uh, part of my ministry and what I do is I lead worship for kids. And I know we have some kids. There's some kids over here. Where are the kids in the house this morning? Some over here, maybe? Anyways, so we're going to have some fun, and I'm going to ask Josie to come and help me wherever Josie is. All right, so we're going to pretend like we're back at camp, 
So for some of you that may be more recent, maybe for some of you, you have to go back in your memory banks for that time. And if you've never been to camp, well, you're going to have a little experience this morning. So um, I write worship songs for kids and love leading worship for kids. And so part of the fun of doing a kid's worship song is that it gets you actions. So if you haven't done your cardio this morning, you're going to get a bit of cardio today. Now, I have two versions of the actions for this worship song called Praise the Lord. There's a basic version and the advanced version. Which one do you think you guys can handle? Basic. <laughs> basic. Basic or advanced? Who wants to do the advanced one? And who wants to do basic? Okay, well, you know, I think you guys can handle the advanced maybe. We're going to push you. Okay, so the, the, we'll have the words up here and then we'll sing it along. So it goes like this. Whether I'm driving in a car, so the action is like a steering wheel, or shopping in the store. So you pretend like you either have a shopping cart, put stuff in. Making mashed potatoes or sweeping up the floor to get your broom out. I cleaned up my room, something I'm sure we all love to do, or starting up the mower, so the old school way where you had to pull the cord, I'm going to praise the Lord. So the song is all about just praising the Lord in the midst of everything that we're doing. Okay, and then the chorus goes like this. Praise, 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 praise the Lord, then you go down. Praise, 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 praise the Lord, then you go up. Praise, 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 praise the Lord, I'm going to praise the Lord. Okay, so we're going to kind of be children for a couple minutes here. Then the next verse goes, whether I'm dancing like a robot, so you get to just like do that, or reaching for the stars, running through a sprinkler, or climbing monkey bars, swimming in a lake, you can dive in or do that, uh, or rocking my guitar, so you get out your air guitar, I'm going to praise the Lord. Okay, so that's all the actions. Hopefully you guys can handle most of that. And then, you, this guy's got it up here, that's awesome. Uh, and then... During the bridge, I'm going to do everybody on the left what you're going to do now. And you guys are going to you can say, praise, 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 praise the Lord. And I'm going to go, everybody on the right, what you're going to do. And you guys are going to see if you can be louder. Praise, 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 praise the Lord. Okay? So this might not be a normal Baptist thing to do in a church. But the Bible does talk about shouting unto God with the voices of triumph, clapping your hands. And I believe God loves when we have fun and just act like, you know, the kingdom of God is all about children. So let's just uh, have some fun this morning and sing along with this. Okay? So we're going to play the video with lyrics. Just feel free to join in as much as you can. So let's just clap to start. Here we go. Two, two. All right, driving wheels out, here we go. Whether I'm driving in the car or shopping in the store, making mashed potatoes or sweeping up the floor, cleaning up my room or starting up the mower, I'm gonna praise the Lord. Here we go. I'm gonna praise, 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 praise the Lord down. Praise, 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 praise the Lord. I'm gonna praise, 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 praise the Lord. I'm gonna praise. Awesome job. Whether I'm dancing like a robot or reaching for the stars, running through a sprinkler or climbing monkey bars, Swimming in a lake or rocking my guitar, I'm gonna praise the Lord. We're gonna praise, 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 praise the Lord down. Praise, 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 praise the Lord. We're gonna praise, 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 praise the Lord. I'm gonna praise the Lord. Here we go. So everybody on the left, what you gonna do now? Praise, 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 praise the Lord. And everybody on the right, what you gonna do now? Praise, praise, praise. We oh, got it. So everybody in this place, what we gonna do now? Praise, 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 praise the Lord. So everybody on the left, what you gonna do now? Praise, 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 praise the Lord. And everybody on the right, what you gonna do now? Praise, 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 praise the Lord. Everybody in this place, bump, there we go. We're gonna praise the Lord one more time. 
we're gonna praise the Lord. The chorus, we're gonna praise, 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 praise the Lord. Got it? Praise, 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 praise the Lord. We're gonna praise, 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 praise the Lord. We're gonna praise the Lord. We're gonna praise. We're gonna praise the Lord. One more time. We're gonna praise the Lord. All right, give yourselves a round of applause this morning. You guys are awesome. Okay, we got one more, one more song here this morning. You guys are amazing. I love that you guys just got into that right away. So from that upbeat song, we're going to slow down a bit with a hymn. So uh, this song is called Be Thou My Vision. I'm sure some of you know it. Um, and I do a lot of work. Let's praise the Lord for who he is. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord, your breath. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord, we give life.
It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. Only it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord, you are. Great are you, Lord, we put you at the highest place this morning. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Amen. You can have a seat this morning. Brad. I've known Brad for about 20 years back when he was this tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, just a bone to pick when the guest musician says basic moves or complicated moves. Always the basic, okay? I think I pulled a hammy during that song, so uh, you guys are covering my medical bills for that. So, my word. Thanks, Brad. Uh, we're going to jump right in, but we've been in the middle of this series on commitment, and we're in the third part. The first part, we've talked about a commitment to fellowship and what that means to be uh, in community here at Richview, and then we talked about a commitment to mission and what it means to be on mission for God, especially in this neighborhood. And right now, and Bart got us going last week, but we got started talking about a commitment to maturity, and Bart took us through what is the Bible, and, and just covered a whole breadth and depth of uh, material. And today we're going we're gonna to talk about something that's so important, and it's going to be a catalyst for spiritual growth if you allow it to be. But we're going to continue on in this maturity commitment, and Peter writes this in his letter, continue to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, one of my goals, what I've been challenged with, my task, my passion is to equip you. And I want to do everything I can to accelerate your spiritual growth. And there is this one thing, there's a few things, but there's one thing in particular that we're going to cover today, that if you get this, and you learn to manage this, this one thing, it will accelerate your spiritual growth, because that's what I want to be all about for, in all of your lives. And that one thing is money. And if you want to grow spiritually, you got to learn to manage your money. Now, I got a question for you. What amount of money will eliminate discontentment, greed, and debt? 10% more than what you have. <laughs> yeah, none. Absolutely none. So you may be here today and saying to yourself, well, I don't have any money and I'm not wealthy, so today's teaching is not for me. And whether you think 
you're rich or not, today's going to help you. And whether you think you're not rich, I'd like to give you some indicators of what I would perceive as a topical rich people problems and see if any of these apply to you. So let me throw them up on the screen here. If you got slow wireless upload or download speed, that's an Etobicoke rich person problem. All right. Finding parking at a shopping mall, Etobicoke rich person problem. Kids teacher didn't call you back, yeah, that's, that's a rich person problem. There's a traffic jam on Highway 400 to get to your cottage. <laughs> Long waits at the hospital. Let me give you a couple more here. Computer crashes or the satellite TV repairman was late. Walking upstairs. Dog's haircut did not come out right. (laughs) Security at the airport. And of course, you got a lousy housekeeper. Those might be some indicators. You got some atopical rich person problems. And what I want to do today is I want to talk about How can we accelerate your spiritual growth? And managing money is just a crucial part of that. And I want to give you seven spiritual habits for managing your money. And we talked about these in the past. Some of you, this might just be a refresher today. But I want every one of you to experience these spiritual habits, which will give you this this financial blessing. Because the Bible's clear. Wealth has side effects. I want nothing more than for all of you to get rich. I just want you to get really good at being rich. And there's this problem. Wealth's got its side effects. And the number one contender for your heart is your treasure. And so whether, regardless of where you think you're financially this morning... I want you all to be really good at being rich. And I want to share with you some practices that I've been practicing and I'm continuing to learn. And that's the spiritual disciplines of of money management. So if you're discouraged about your money situation, today is a good day for you. Today is a fresh day. It's a fresh day to start new on your finances. Because I want for every one of you to experience God's blessing in your life. But you got to be responsible, and you got to be able to respond to God's blessing. So I'm going to go through seven habits, and here's the first one right here, and it's trusting. First habit is trusting. Recognizing that God is my provider every day. So maybe when we were young, we had no problem putting our hope on Jesus. But when we started to acquire stuff, guess where our hope went? For a lot of us, our hope moves from perhaps a simple faith in Jesus, to our our stuff. And that drift happens. And when we begin to think uh, um, that our job or our money is the source of our provision, what happens? We get constantly stressed. When we begin to think that the economy is the source of our provision, stress. When we begin to think our investments are the source, we get stress. When we begin to think, I can't wait for mom and dad's inheritance to come, we get stressed. Only when you make God your source of your provision will you have contentment and satisfaction. So money management, it starts bottom line with who or what do I trust? Who or what am I looking to for provision? Uh, Paul writes in Romans and he says this, 
For everything comes from God, everything exists by his power, and everything is intended for his glory. And so we got to remember, where does 100% of what we have come from? And our tendency is to say, us. But no, it's all God's. It's all 100%. He just loans it to you temporarily. And you got to keep that in mind. This is so easy, much easier for Americans to remember. Do you know why? It's right on their bill. It's all his. He just loans it to you for for a season and for a time. Much easier for them. So write the prime minister and see what happens. Maybe we can get some currency changed. It'll be pretty small on those loonies. But the first spiritual habit for financial blessing is trusting God. I'm trusting you as my provider. The second is this one. You knew this one was coming, but it's important we talk about this one because it's the one we all like to avoid or circumvent, is tithing. What does tithing mean? In ancient context, tithing meant giving 10%. That's an ancient idea. Something they practiced 2,000 years ago. Some, some still do it, but it, it means to give a portion back. It's a spiritual discipline. I suggest to people that 10% is a great baseline to start with. Because why would I suggest that? I think it's a great thermometer if you have a greed problem. And a lot of us, if you don't know this, greed is invisible. And when it gets you in its clutches, you, have, you're not, you can't see it. So a great baseline to just start from, and some of you think I'm speaking crazy because 1% seems like a big leap for you, but a great baseline to, be, to determine if you're greedless is starting at 10%. Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. On the first day of every week, put aside some of what you have earned during the week and use it for the offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. Does he give a percentage there? Nope. But what he says is on how much the Lord has helped you earn. How much does the Lord help you earn? Everything. Woo, that's a lot of money. All right. Let me give you a little secret about any area of life. Whatever you want God to bless you in, put them first in. You want God to bless you in your marriage? Put them first in. You want God, you're single, and you want God to bless you in your singleness? Put them first in it. In your marriage, in it, wherever, whatever you do, you put him first, you can expect to receive his blessing. God blesses whatever he's put first in. So some of us here, and this often is the question, I'm trying to answer questions that often come up. You're like, I can't afford to tithe. And let me respectfully say to you, you can't afford not to. If you want God's blessing in your life, you need to put them first in your finances. You will miss the money you waste, you poorly invest, the money you lend to your brother-in-law. But you'll never miss the money you give because something happens to your heart. You want to know how to be rich? Well, to be good at being rich, decide up front to keep your heart from migrating from Jesus to there, to your stuff. So I hope all of you have a giving plan. If you're like most Canadians when it comes to giving, you're going to give in these three ways. You're going to give spontaneously, sporadically, and sparingly. That's how we give in, in, in North America. I could share a couple stories with people even here who give Eight out of $10 that comes in their way. 80% 
You wouldn't even know who these people are. They, they don't think about 5%, 10%, 15%. They want to give everything, and they're trying to work towards that. And they understand what you need to understand, that while you have an opportunity on earth, you have an opportunity to be rich towards God. And here's what I want for you more than anything. I want God to have your heart. Because where your treasure lies is where your heart is. And I want God to have your heart. Men, women, I know God gets your heart when he gets your wealth. So why would I stay at 4%, 1%, 0% when I can do 23.3% or more? There's a third spiritual habit, and this one's just as important as trusting and tithing, and it's accounting. It's accounting. Keep good records. The writer of Proverbs says this in chapter 27, riches can dis disappear fast. Watch your business interests close closely. Know the state of your flocks and your herds. How are your flocks and herds today? Not, not too relevant in the 21st century, but you know what stocks are. You know what bank accounts are. We got to keep track of our finances. Anyone here ever say, you know what, I just don't know where all my money went. That's a warning sign. If you've ever said it, I've heard it a lot. It's a red flag. It means you're headed for trouble. Money doesn't talk no matter what the world tells you. It sneaks away without telling you. Proverbs writer says this, your money can be gone, I love this, this is such a great verse. Your money can be gone in a flash as if it has grown wings and flown away like an eagle. <laughs> yeah, we know about that. And we look at the stats, what are most marriage problems the result of? One spouse being kept in the dark. Write it down, keep a log, get some software. And if you're saying, I don't have time to do this, how many of you have time to worry? <laughs> so we got trusting, we got tithing, we got account, counting, saving. Save for the future. Save for the future. I hope you all get crazy, ridiculously rich, but I don't want it to ruin you. You might be rich, but you'll never get good at being rich if you follow the Canadian or American way of doing it. Because there's this tendency of our hope moving from Jesus to our stuff. And there's only one way to do it. You've got to come up with a plan to avoid it. So I hope all of you have savings plans. So if you're following the order here, pay God first, pay yourself second, and then pay everything else. Jesus suggests, especially if you don't believe me around, Jesus suggests you can have a new master. That you can actually connect the dots between happiness and money. And you do it through generosity and you do it through wisdom. So what prevents us from saving money? There's a couple things, but one is, a you can go back for a second, it's that live for today mentality. It's that live for today mentality. Paul writes in the New Testament, he says, there's more to this life. There's more to this life than inquiring stuff. And he writes this to Timothy, his young protege. He says this, not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put your hope in God. Put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. 
And Paul points to something that Jesus talks constantly about. If you don't know this, Jesus talked about money more than anything else. This life is just a test. And how you use these tools that God's provided, how we use these opportunities, you don't get any credit, folks, for the money we leave. We get credit for the money we give. And here's why. Every one of you is going to leave the same amount when you die. All of it. There's another thing that keeps us from saving, and it's envy. There's an envy monster, and the envy monster stalks Toronto everywhere. It is never satisfied. It is always craving more of what other people have. It's in malls, neighborhoods, schools, offices. People constantly compare themselves with others. I sound like the cookie monster. (laughs) Inevitably, all but the very rich, the very thin, the very beautiful, and the very smart fall short in some category. And even for them, enough is often not enough. It is so hard to live in Toronto and not contract a bad case of envy. Heather and I don't like going to shopping malls. I was in one last night for an hour, but we don't like going to shopping malls. For me, it's biological, maybe hereditary. But last Sunday, I ran, a, I ran 21 kilometers, and then I got to the end of the service, and then I did some pre-marriage counseling in the afternoon, and then I worked on this talk. Um, uh, I, I, I work 16 to 18 hours on, on a, most Sundays. I, I work long weeks. I'm up early mornings. I, I have a lot of late nights. But when it comes to malls, the moment I walk in the door, it's like I get hit by this wave and it feels like I've just run an ultra marathon. I've done 10,000 flights of stairs and I've been staring at a light bulb for an hour. And, and I have to find the closest chair or bench to sit on. Anyone relate to that? Yeah, yeah. Heather, on the other hand, in her case, when it comes to shopping malls, she doesn't like them because awareness creates discontentment. Awareness creates discontentment in her mind. For example, if I don't have a TV guide, if I don't have a digital TV guide, and if I don't have a TV, guess how many TV shows I miss? Exactly. I was at a leadership conference two weeks ago, and this brilliant speaker, he said it like this, whatever people see and hear consistently over time will enter their hearts and put their lives on autopilot. So what I'm talking about you t- with today is this radical reformation of your value system. Where you're not when you're not living based on what other people are doing, when you stop comparing and, and start and stop competing and you decide, I don't care what other people got. I'm going to save it instead. And just so you know, I know I've said this multiple times, you don't own stuff. Stuff owns you. So we've talked about trusting, tithing, accounting, saving. Let's talk about repaying. Fifth habit, repay what you owe. Repay what you owe. We, a lot of us, Many of us here, uh, you can look at stats around the world, but Canadians uh, spend 1% more a year than they earn. 
So not a lot of people are putting anything away, but we need to commit to getting out of debt, and we got to set up repayment plans. And for many of us here, we feel so alone in our debt, and we don't even want to admit it. Some of us, we have unopened bills in, in unopened envelopes sitting in our house, and we're just letting them pile up. And let me tell you, church, you're not alone. First of all, God knows right where you are and he understands. And he understood a long time before you did that this was going to happen. And so God comes into our life to help us with our problems, to strengthen us in our problems, and to grow us in the midst of our problems. And he'll be there right in the midst of your financial problems. So you're not alone. And not only is God there, but your church family's here too. We want to walk alongside you and encourage you and strengthen you and give you advice in this time. But there's no easy way to get out of debt. So if you have a plan that's quick and it's going to get you out of debt, chances are it's not a very good plan and it's probably not going to work. It requires discipline if it's too good to be true. Uh, The writer of Proverbs says this, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. I don't want your family, I don't want you to trade your peace and your contentment for something that can't bring you peace and contentment. Third one, sixth one here. We talked about trusting, tithing, accounting, saving, repaying, and budgeting. It's the B word, budgeting. And that all budgeting means is plan spending. We need to tell our money where to go rather than wondering where it all went. Just so you know, financial planning is not determined by how much you make. It's determined by how you spend it. The average Canadian, I don't know if you know these stats, but the average Canadian spends six hours a week in shopping-related activities. Studies have shown that the more educated you are, the more you shop. So some of us here have bachelor's and master's in Saks 5. You ever bought something without thinking and you later regretted it? No, we never do that. I was sitting this past week and, and with someone chatting about this one very thing is that most ads on TV, most advertisements, they're to do and designed for one purpose, to get you to buy something. They spend billions of dollars hiring psychiatrists and others to understand human emotions so they can get you to buy stuff. And there's one word that's irresistible to our human Thinking. Do you know what that word is? Sale. (laughs) Awareness creates discontentment. Proverbs says, the earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. So with your earnings, use it to improve your health, deepen relationships, expand your mind, save time. That's a great one to spend money on. Saving time, growing spiritually. But the writers are telling us here, but not on stuff. And in case you're not familiar with this verse, God has an IQ test, and it's really simple for you. It comes from Proverbs. Stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. (laughs) Proverbs 21.20. It's pretty harsh, but spending can be like any other addiction. And we're like, I can handle it. But soon we're hooked and we're deep in death. So how do we break this impulse? How do we break impulse shop, spending by shopping list? And ladies, I'm not picking on you. 
all right? Because, yeah, women like, might, some women may like shopping sprees, but guys, we might not shop as often, but we sure like to buy those big ticket items, don't we? It's like, like one item a guy buys is like 20 shopping sprees for other people. There's, so there's like a non-gender specific principle here. And then the second one here is plan your spending. How do you spell relief? B-U-D-G-E-T. And if you're not good at that, it's budget. It's budget. So I want to encourage you today, if you've never done a budget before, this week there's some homework for you. And if you're married, it's a mutual decision. It's a matter of prayer. It's asking for wisdom. And finally, last discipline here. And you're going to like this one. You're going to like this one a lot. It's contentment. Enjoy what you have. The writer of Ecclesiastes says this, it is better to be satisfied with what you have than to always be wanting something else. So busy getting more, you got no time to enjoy it. It's like the parent you see at at their kid's play, and they're so busy trying to videotape the thing that they miss the play and they don't get to enjoy it. And for so many of our kids, Brad's talked about kids a lot today, but for so many of our kids, we're growing up with absentee families absentee parents, I'm sorry. They're so busy making a living that they're missing out on life. And moms, dads, kids don't need more stuff. They need you. They need your attention. In my life, I've owned three homes. Now I rent, and I've never had more joy, more time, and that when when it's come to my living situation. And some of us need to ask ourselves, do we really need two cars? Do we really need one car? I mean, I try and walk and run everywhere, and there's a lot of us here who could do a lot more of that. (laughs) And we rationalize our lifestyle. We're like, it's only temporary. And who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? You've developed a habitual lifestyle, and one day your kids are going to be gone. But you can change. You can live at a slower pace, perhaps a simpler pace, if things are not more important than relationships. So do these disciplines work? Absolutely. But here's the deal. You got to do all seven. You got to do all seven. So if you didn't take notes today, you're going to have to go back and listen to the MP3 over and fill in the blanks or steal someone else's sermon notes. That's fine. But you got to do them and you got to do them in that order. You got to do them in that order. The root of financial problems boils down to who do I trust? Do I trust God? It's a lack of trust. Who am I trusting for my security? Is it God or whatever it is that becomes your God? And I know you might be looking at those seven habits and probably the one that you're struggling with the most, and I think most of us struggle with it, is the tithing one. So I just want to end today with just a little bit of encouragement on that one. Um, over the years, Heather, my wife, and I, we, we've started at a 10% baseline just to the church and then extras to other things. And this year, we decided to really step it up. I think I shared a bit about that last year. Man, man, I'll give you an update. It's been tough. But if you want to make sure that your hope is not in stuff and that you don't have a greed pot problem, you need to establish a baseline. But here's the thing that I've learned, especially this year, it better hurt. It better hurt. And so when you have holes in your jeans, you get a little bit creative. 
And when the check engine light comes up on your van, you do a little bit more walking. And when you see people around you going on exotic vacations, you make more trips to Richview Library. And you just get creative. And the best part about this, and so many of you can speak into this too because you're doing it, is you're reminded time and time again during these self-induced stretching times that God gave us 100%. What's my problem? And we're not trying to impress anyone. God has been so faithful, and we're doing it because we want to accelerate our spiritual growth, our trust in God, not in stuff. Some of you are so radical in generosity. And even though the math doesn't make sense to the rest of us who may withhold from God, some of you are experiencing God's blessing in so many ways because you're radically generous. You're only hurting yourself by not following these seven principles today. And the real issue is, do you want to accelerate your spiritual growth and do you trust God? So we're going to have a song come on in just a second. It's going to come up on the screen. And we're going to respond right now by giving work to God through giving. One of the ways we do this in a public way here at Richview is we do it through passing a basket around. And when we pass that basket around, it's a reminder. It's kind of weird, isn't it, what we do sometimes? But it's a reminder. It's a public reminder of God, it's all yours. God, you're so worth it. Thank you for giving us 100%. And what's most precious to you in Jesus, thank you for forgiving us when we place our trust in Jesus. Thank you for wanting the best for me, even when we often don't pursue what's best. Let's pray, and I'll invite the ushers forward. God, I want to thank you. God, we don't like talking about this topic. It's been proven, it's been shown, we'd rather talk about sex. It's far more comfortable. But when it comes to money and, and the way you've designed it to be a tool for us, and it's actually a spiritual discipline with how we utilize that, that tool. We tend to be very private about it. We tend, tend to hide it. We don't want anyone to know. And a lot of us are just in deep shame because of how we mishandled this precious tool you've given to us to steward. God, help us. I pray your light would shine upon us, on our bank accounts, on our hearts. Help us today, God, especially if we've made some bad decisions, bad choices, uh, to seek counsel, to seek help, to seek wisdom, uh, to, to, to pursue and acquire that commit contentment that you so promise when we're obedient to you. Help us to put our hope and our trust in you and you alone and not on what society or our neighbors or our culture deems as valuable because we know if we place it on you, <laughs> That hope will last for eternity, and nothing that comes our way uh, will, uh, be, uh, will be able to knock it over or take it away from us. Um, give us a greater hope in you, Jesus, and thank you. Thank you for the 100% that you've uh, given to us. Help us to be more like you today. In your precious name, amen.